worry that your money won't last as long as you do? Hold on to your hats, folks. Here he comes. Don't fear your financial future. Get your game plan in place. Everybody's ready to go. He's ready to go. I'm ready to go. And you're ready to go. With a team that has decades of experience. This is Michigan's Retirement Coach with Bruce Van Hall and Michael Douglas. Something that has actually become, I feel like over the past decade, it's been more of a conversation topic, but especially with all of the layoffs, the PPP loans coming to an end as of October 1st this week, the idea of being offered a pension buyout offer is something that's much more real for a lot of people. So perhaps Mm -hmm. you're in a job, hopefully you've been able to keep your job despite everything that's happened over the past year, and you're eligible for a pension, but suddenly your company is coming to you and dangling the bait, Mm -hmm. the carrot that is the buyout offer. What do you do when you have that presented to you? CNBC says people love the idea of guaranteed pension payments, but they worry about what might happen if the company has financial problems in the future, which is a legit concern. So what's your best advice for somebody in this situation? Well, I think that there's a couple pieces. Guaranteed income is a wonderful piece because it really takes a lot of the stress out of the retirement side. Right. You know what? If I know that every month, no matter what the market does, no matter what happens in the world around me, mm-hmm. I will have Social Security in this pension payment showing up in my account. That brings a lot of comfort right. because you can say, I know that my basic needs, everything in life are met. Right. Now, anything beyond that growth? Yeah, that's another opportunity, but that's a great piece. But there's two concerns that a lot of people come to me with. The okay. first one is the guarantee of the pension. I think a lot of us still, even though there's been some distance since 2008, mm-hmm. a lot of us remember uh, the pension funds having some mm-hmm. serious funding issues and people who lost their pensions in city of Detroit a couple of years ago went and reduced pensions by 5% of everybody right. on them. At a moment's notice, because someone can't balance their accounts, yep. they're going to come into my retirement checkbook yep. and cut my pay. Mm-hmm. That's a scary position. That's, that's the one, the ability to pay. Now, for most companies, what they do is they take the, a chunk of money and like, you know, Ford will take a chunk of money, go to Prudential, buy mm-hmm. an annuity, and then they own the policy. You're the annuitant. You get the income. They get the death benefit. Okay. And then if you outlive the income, if you outlive the cash, you keep getting income and the money's gone. Okay. But that's the way most companies operate. They go buy an annuity from some insurance company and that's the way it works. Okay. If you die early, this is the other scenario I was talking about. One, what if they can't pay? Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about that because the insurance company actually pays the payments to you. But the one other one is what happens if something happens to one of us? Mm-hmm. Um, the plan B. You know, we always want to plan for the worst and hope for the best. Right, right. You know, Kimberly says that we're going to die in our sleep holding hands like in the notebook. Like uh, that's going to happen, you know. And, that's lovely and also like a little sad all at the same time. Please yeah. continue. <laughs> and I, I tell her, I was like, what are you talking about? Uh, so <laughs> she's really big on that sentimental thing. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. uh, no, that's not the way it's going to happen, most likely. <laughs> but with that, what happens if something bad happens to one of us and then the other one is left to keep living Mm -hmm. on a certain amount of income. How does that affect? How is our life changed because of it? Well, Mm -hmm. one thing is that when one of us passes, the lower social security disappears. Okay. So if the two of us are making income, my social security benefit is 3000 a month and hers is $1,500 a Mm -hmm. month. Mm -hmm. Well, then it doesn't matter who dies, the lower one falls off. So if I die, she gets my $3,000 payment and the 1500 goes away. So I've already lost a chunk of money there. Right. But if I have a company pension and they're giving me 65% survivorship. Mm-hmm. So now if something happens to me, 
even though Kimberly didn't work there, she gets 65% of my pension. Right. Well, she just lost her Social Security. Right. And then she also loses 35% of my pension. So right. her guaranteed income just dropped probably by 50 to 60%. Right. Okay. That's heavy. Yeah. That's a lot of money. And so the problem is, and people say, well, after the loss of a spouse, though, doesn't don't expenses go down? The mortgage doesn't. The car payment doesn't. That's right. The groceries might shrink a little bit, but the, right. the expenses that get cut in half are generally the lower ones. It's right. the cell phone bill that gets cut in half, not right. the mortgage. That's right. So I love the idea of guaranteed payments, but at the same time, I don't like the idea of in a situation where if the plan B happens, the person who's remaining, if it's my wife, is in a much worse spot. So a lot of people are saying, gosh, if I take a buyout rather than take a lifetime pension, mm -hmm. what can I do? Well, what if you could go to that exact same company? You, rather than you know, uh, state of Michigan or Ford or GM going to Prudential, you went to the annuity company. You bought the pension with the same buyout money. They were going to take five hundred thousand dollars either way and buy you an annuity. So you buy your own. The difference here is, it's a hundred percent survivorship. If you're if you oh, die, wow. okay. your spouse gets to keep all the income. Wow. So now the only loss is Social Security. If something happens to both of us, our kids actually get the cash in the plan if there's anything left. If 10 years in, we pass in a car accident or something bad happens and there's still a couple hundred thousand dollars there, it doesn't go to Ford, it doesn't go to GM, it doesn't go to the state or Michigan State. It goes to my kids. So now I've taken the risk out. I've taken the loss of income risk, the survivorship risk. Uh -huh. And I've made sure that my family is set up not just for our lives, but if something happens bad to us, for their lives as well. It's a great setup and something we talk to a lot of people about these days. This story is so bananas that I couldn't not ask you about it. The Orlando Sentinel surveyed financial advisors and asked them about the weirdest questions that they've gotten this year, which I'm sure there has been an abundance of considering how wacky the year has been. However, one of them was, and I quote, do I need to stock up on weapons and ammo? Clearly, people are worried about things. <laughs> they're worried about the election. They're worried about the pandemic. They're worried about whether this crazy year is ever going to end. You're probably seeing more worry as well, aren't you? I'd say as long as they're not stocking up on ammo and guns for our annual review, I think it's a <laughs> fair. It's not a bad thing. You fair know. enough. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, the sun's going to rise the day after the election. That's We're going right. to be um, still America. We're still going to be things now. Yeah, there's a lot of policy change that's on the horizon. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of big things worth talking about either way. Right. And we have had a lot of people with a lot of fear and concern. And I think every election cycle has a lot of fear and concern. Mm -hmm. Every pandemic brings on a lot of fear and concern. Every time you hear the word mur murder hornets, it brings on fear and concern. <laughs> it's true. We're just not used to all these things being in the same year. That's right. Uh, it's like this this perfect storm yeah. that's been brewing of fear, frustration, anger. Then there's also this joy of when you're finally let back out of your house yeah. and you're allowed to go to the beach, you're allowed to go do all these things. But then in the back of your mind, you're like, not really free because I still have to follow all these guidelines That's and right. masks and yep. distancing. I still can't so you know, go here. And if I leave the state to go visit a friend in Illinois or Indiana, then I have to, you know, self-quarantine. Self yep. Yeah. It's like, it's crazy. I can't go to Shipshawana and come back without mm. feeling like I need to be locked up for 14 mm -hmm. days. So mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of stuff going on here. And rightfully so, people are anxious, people are fed up, people are tired, people are whatever. And so it's kind of like, I feel like we're in the pre-side of a giant Snickers commercial. Like <laughs> yeah, somebody's hungry. You're hungry and yeah. it turns you into this monster. Yep. And then you're like, oh, I'm so angry. And then they give you a Snickers bar and you go, I'm satisfied, uh -huh. right? Like, you know, so I feel like right now we're on the pre-side. Everybody's just like, 
what else could happen? And there's two things in own life. Never say what else could go wrong. hundred percent. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I want to try and encourage people. Don't lose the lessons of 2020. I mean, yeah. I know. Yes. The idea is as soon as we can get to January one, we can start a new year. That's great. Right. But there's been a lot of good. It's hard to quantify this in an appropriate way because of all the bad stuff that's happened that's this right. year. Yep. But I've had dinner with my kids a lot this year. Yep. Um, my wife and I started walking and hiking and running together because we're at home together, right, you know, right. rather than working these crazy hours and we're running 15 different ways and you have four young kids trying to do sports, trying to do school and, and church and, and family and work and all these things and spending our whole lives living by the calendar and chasing our tails. We've basically had a whole year given to us, uh, six months given to us anyways, where um, even a great example, I'm always at, in Atlanta for a conference on my birthday, September 19th. I'm always in Atlanta for the last three years I've been at this conference or two years I've been at this conference. And my kids said, dad, how cool is it you're gonna be home for your birthday? That is cool. And I, I don't think birthdays are a big deal. Like I've never cared about them, Yeah. but apparently my kids care about they them. They wanna and, make you a cake. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't realize how much to them, because they never would say, like, they're not going to give me static for going to work, right. to going to a conference. They don't want to make me feel bad for it. But at the same time, they had been kind of harboring these feelings of, man, I don't get to celebrate my dad's birthday. I'm like, who cares? I normally work on my birthday. Like, I don't take it off. Right. So to me, to hear my kids say that, hey, dad, it's important to us that we get to spend your birthday with you. Yeah. And I was like, that's interesting, you it know, to some perspective. Right. Yeah. And so I, I say, don't lose the lessons we've experienced this year. Um, you know, we've gone through these phases of complete unity to complete disunity. There's been times for us to evolve and grow as people. And then times for us to also really reflect on back some maybe some traditional things. Mm -hmm. So let's take stock. Let's take value in 2020. Yes, quite a bit of it has been a dumpster fire. And that's understandable. Things I never want to experience again, never want my kids to experience again. I get that. But at the same time. We should be coming out of this thing. There's an old phrase, uh, when you hear something or learn something, old beliefs are strengthened or new beliefs are formed. Mm -hmm. And so when you go through this process, what new beliefs have been stirred up inside you or what things have really returned you to your roots? You know, sitting back, right. you know, taking time. What if I didn't schedule a 9 a.m. meeting so I could have breakfast with my kids? Yeah. And then tell somebody, hey, I'd love to meet with you. And I want to talk about everything. It can't be till 930 or 10 because I, it's really important that I have breakfast with my kids. Yeah. Uh, it's been a shift for me because yeah. I love work. I love what we do. But to go through this process, not lose what I've gained in 2020, but at the same time say, all right, here's how we come out of the back end of it. Take a deep breath. Breathe in the moment. Breathe in through the tension and the stress and say on the back end, we will be okay. Right. We're going to survive. And uh, that's my response to most people when they come in with extreme worry. I'm like, I'm not going to make any financial decisions in the midst of worry. Mm -hmm. It's like shopping while you're hungry. No good decisions get made if you go to the grocery store and you haven't had your meal yet. That right. I can guarantee you jump the bill by 60 bucks and you walk around eating something in the store that you would not normally be eating if you had a full meal in front of you. So do decisions not based on emotion, not based on fear or anxiety, but based on the plan. Plans are unemotional. Spreadsheets don't have feelings. They just right. have facts and right. information. Right. So stick with that line of just, I'm going to stick to a plan. I'm not going to be ruled by the day. It's like trying to say on any given day, if you check the stock market and then make your life decisions based on it. Right. That's a terrible life choice. Right. Let's build plans around the things that matter, our DNA of who we are, understanding what we want life to look like. And from there, okay, the, the guns and ammo. Do you want more guns and ammo? Well, no, I don't. Okay, right. well then, then don't, don't buy, go buy them. Right. You know, um, I'm a big second amendment person. I believe in the right to bear arms, all that stuff. I mean, but you know, I've got people right and left. Mike, do you know where I can get ammo? You know, where I can get this. You know where I, hey, 
You know, I work really hard not to be really heavily in the fear game. So I don't know where all that stuff is, but I understand it. And if that's something you're passionate about and something that fits in your DNA, then do it. But don't change who you are because of a climate. Right. Um, I say there's always been a great phrase, be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Mm -hmm. A thermostat changes things. Thermometers just reflect the world around them. So if you turn your life into the place where you say, I'm going to stick to what my role is, is to control my climate, to control who I am and how we act. Versus saying, well, if the, if the tide rises, I'm going to start drowning. No, no, no. Stay who you are. Stay the thermostat, not the thermometer. This idea of fear and how that has driven perhaps the ammo question. That's something that I feel has been perhaps the biggest lesson we can take away from this year. Don't let the fear be the catalyst. Oh, yeah. I mean, someone's got to drive the boat, right? right. And so it's kind of the um, now we do have conversations about precious metals. I'll talk about those things. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I think that Maybe this year has caused people reflection on how insanely lack of diversification they had, Right? how they didn't have enough safe money, like the Isaac Newton story we talked about. Yep. If you don't have enough safe money, you don't have enough protected assets against the bad times in the market, maybe it's time to reflect. A lot of people were invested like they were in 2007. There are potential rough times ahead, not from a fear-based standpoint, from a history standpoint. Right. So let's be prepared. Let's be hedged against the bad times and also successful in the good times. Right. A plan that works for you and for your family. We are an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of financial insurance products to custom suit their needs and objectives. Bruce Van Hall and Michael Douglas are investment advisor representatives of Stewards Wealth Planning, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than what originally invested. Stewards Wealth Planning, LLC is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Michigan Insurance License Number 87250.